Welcome back, listeners, joggers, TikTokers, however this is your podcast is. This is Route 10 with the Road Contenders, and doing kind of a special edition episode. Um, I don't I have no idea when it's going to go up. It'll probably be put up in between our regular schedule one. This is kind of a special episode. Um, think of it as a pilot for a spinoff that we will do. We're going to call it, actually, it's going to be... Uh, something called Love, Marriage, and Card Games. So I am joined here by my wife, and we're going to basically just discuss different things that comes with love, marriage, and being married to someone who loves card games, and talk about stand-up card games as well. Are you going to introduce yourself so people know who you are? Okay, um, my name is Pika Girl. I'm uh, Rylton's wife. That, that's it. That's all about you. Like, where where are you from? What's your age? What do you do? Like, <laughs> uh, I'm from Toledo, Ohio. I'm 27, 27, and I work full time as an assistant manager. All right, good, good. So don't, you know, she's kind of shy here. Uh, this will be our first, second time on the podcast, first one. That whole audio got completely messed up. But no, we're here, so let's talk about a couple different things here. So if you do like this series, uh, let us know below, and then again, we can possibly have this call of a spinoff where we will go in more details about, you know, just being in love with people. Uh, marriage and then how does card game affect relationships or is it positive? Is it negative? We'll go to all the things that make that make that as well as a weekly thing that any viewer can tune in, listen to, and hear some of our relationship advice or woes and ups and downs. I think it'd be very helpful for each other. But first, let's start with this one because we're gonna always talk about it. We're always gonna be promoting it, which is Alpha Clash. So I talked candidly and expressed so many times about why I got to Alpha Clash. But I want to hear your personal thoughts. I know it's easy for you to say, I got Alpha Clash because you were in Alpha Clash. No, 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 no listeners don't want to hear that. Why did Alpha Clash appeal to you? So go ahead and start with your experience of you first learning about the game, playing the game, and to how you feel about it now. Uh, my first experience playing the game was in Origins. Um, they had a booth set up. Uh, you were really into it. So I sat down and played. I played Moxie the first time. Um, and I just fell in love with the deck and the cards themselves, um, especially a lot of the artwork for him. And it just blossomed from there. Um, now I'm at the point to where I love the game so much that I usually stick to one deck when I play, and now I have about four or five different decks, and I vary between the four of them. Five of them. So you have the four or five decks, which one's your favorite? Uh, right now I have two top favorites. Um, Clarity, uh, absolutely love her, always have. She was one of the first decks that I was really excited to play. And then my second one would hands down be War. Be War? Yes. Okay. So I, as you watch our YouTube videos, you kind of see her playing War. Um, let's talk about the Clarity one. Um, what what build do you have with Clarity? What colors are you running? Uh, white and black and clarity. White and black clarity. Okay. Yeah. I, I do feel like um, with Magnate Moxie, them being 
kind of the front runners for the two first decks came on Clash Kids. They're very, very easy to learn, but I do feel um, Clarity is the next card to learn when you're kind of stepping into like a competitive realm because it, it is, I would say, it's a thinker deck. Um, it's a lot of filtering your deck out, a lot of putting things on your deck, filtering your decks out, drawing cards, getting cards you need in your hand. But knowing what you need in your hand is basically knowing your deck knowing the deck you're playing against and knowing what cards you are actually looking for. And that's why I said I do um, feel Clarity is probably one of the best contenders when you're getting into that competitive realm from that. So, like the best thing with Clarity was that you're able to pretty much st- uh, not really stack your deck, but you you know what's coming. Oh, you're pretty, that's, that's stacking your deck. That's pretty so, much. with her ability that you get to look at the top two cards, determine where you want them to go. It just helps the deck way more. It does. Um, and again, for people who don't know, Clarity is uh, one of the contenders from set one. So again, if you haven't looked into it, check that out. Uh, we probably have an updated list for Clarity coming onto the YouTube channel at some point. Not sure when. So again, so you see, you play Moxie. Um, and what, besides me dragging you over to the booth, <laughs> what made the experience <laughs> at the booth... Um, so appealing for you. I know we, we demoed a bunch of different games, and I would say you only pretty much stuck with Alpha Clash from that. So what was about it that really drew you to it? Well, the experience with the team there that they had, um, they were real friendly. Um, they showed the passion for the game, which a lot of people don't do when they're doing starter games or starting off something like this. Um, it's kind of just like they throw it together and this is how it goes. Mm-hmm. But with Alpha Clash, I felt there was a whole lot more behind the scenes. And everybody there felt so passionate about the game. And it just drew me a little closer because I know how you are with your card games. And the passion, it, it was there for not only you, but for them with the game. See, I, 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 again, I agree with that, and that's why I always say I feel Alpha Clash was so appealing because it was the demoing. It was getting you excited about the lore and then playing the game and it being so easy to understand without a lot of questions. Maybe you might ask, you know, exactly what this card does or about, you know, certain things like, okay, kill, can I recur a card from the graveyard? And they're like, no, it has to be one already in there. So, but it was very easy to understand the game, and the rules were so much quick. I'm, I, you know, I'm going to say it. I, I have no, no part. So this is my freaking show. I can say what I want to. Um, another card game that was there was Primal TCG, and I feel personally why Primal is not picking up the steam the way Alpha Clash is, was because the game was too complicated for anyone to ever truly understand. I felt like it went too long. Yeah, that's nothing. Where your games. For, say you do a best two out of three, your round one game was lasting an hour. Yeah. And that, that wasn't because, oh, somebody playing a stall deck or something. No, that's just a normal gameplay that lasts an hour. And even though I did win the one of their tournaments there, I won because the majority of my wins came from that we went to time. And that's how I ended up winning. It wasn't because I like, oh, cool, I just swept the front. No, I, it went to time. Where with Alpha Cloud, I felt like the games were always back and forth. And I just remember vividly, Getting um, when I played Magnate and getting smacked by Moxie when it got all of his armors out and I couldn't do anything to stop it. And I thought that that was just the fun part about it where you could be up in the game, something happens, and then it just completely goes away. 
And that's even Kenneth now, where, you know, you'll hear me say all the time, you know, boom for game, which is very true. You could be up and you could be winning. That's when somebody hits you with a boom and it's like, cool, game two. How many times have you, how many times have you been boom for game? Um, I think you've only successfully done boom for game maybe four or five times. I would say four or five times, yes. Now, I've been solar smash for game a lot more <laughs> in set two. And I know it's, I said it before, like, I don't understand because solar smash was always has always been around since the first set. But I feel in set two, since there's a lot more non clash damage cards out there, solar smash is basically lightning storm and magic. You pay two, you deal three damage. It's literally, you could literally go, cool, draw, Soul Smash for game. You can't block it, you can't stop it, and nothing you can do I've besides. I've done that to you. Yeah, Soul Smash for game is like, <laughs> I would say Soul Smash for game is worse than Boom for game. Yeah. At least Boom for game, you have maybe a, a small inkling to survive it. They don't have torques out, you'll be okay. But someone, Soul Smash for game, you, you, you lost. There's nothing you can do about it. And I'd say that's probably, to me, one of the best designed cards out there because it's so quick, it's so lethal. You play it, what can you really do about it? Now, let's go ahead and move on to when set one dropped. And we started selling product. Were you surprised about how quickly things sold? I actually was. Um, I thought it was something that was going to be a little slower mm -hmm. uh, with it being new. Um, not a lot of not knowing really how fast or well it would take off. And it surprised me when it sold as fast as we were putting it up. <clears throat> now, Neil, how do you feel about set two? It's still taking off and growing as fast as we're putting it up there. Uh, so I feel like you're tons. So I would say I feel with set two, um, for our store personally, we had less sealed product that has gone out. I, I do believe we have not really sold any sealed product since release. But we sold more singles than we did with set one. Yes. Which for me, that is a very good thing because uh, it's really hard to compete with Team Covenant when they have promos out. So a lot of people are buying it, getting those promos, either sell or keep. And But a lot of people are buying singles, which for me as a competitive player, mean that people are buying cards for their decks. Right. Which to me, mm -hmm. I rather, I rather sell a hundred singles over a hundred boxes any day reason for that is more of yes i yes you know i can get into nitty-gritty of about the profit details the profit market cool yes i make a bigger profit off selling singles than i do sell product every start owner knows that that is not a secret but for me seeing people buy singles over um uh, sell product I know that people are not just getting this stuff to hold on to it to see what it skyrocket like Pokemon. It's actual players going by and say, hey, I need these cards for my decks. I want to try this deck. I want to buy this card. I want to foil out my deck. So I would rather see that coming Absolutely in. Absolutely love foils. Like, again, like foils are amazing. 
I would love to see single selling more than I would love to see sealed product selling. Because then I know for a fact people are buying cars to build decks with. Right. They're not just buying products to sit on it for years and expect to, you know, expect to retire from it 40 years from now. Right. I know a lot of people say, oh, what's the point of collecting? I prefer for a card game to play the card game over collecting. And I feel Alpha Clash has a very good system where they keep the collectibles and the actual game separate. A lot of people don't see it that way yet. Mm-hmm. But if you look at things from their Kickstarter, you look at things that they do for the special giveaways, you, if you look at that, those cards are for the collectors. Right. The Kickstarter cards are for the collectors. When the sets come out, those are for the players. Mm-hmm. Those are people who want to play the game. So there's ways that you can get stuff. Again, you're not going to take... Yes, you may take you know the War and Clarity and say, cool, there's a collector card. I want to get it. I get that. Those are the chase cards for the set. But you're not going to grab um, a Moxie fully loaded from set one and go get that graded. No. But you will get a you know, clarity numbered card that came from Kickstarter graded, and now you have a collectible card. So I do feel that's a part that I feel like a lot of people are missing out Clash, that the collectible side and the TC side are completely separate from each other. Now, I know I heard you mention something about foils. <laughs> what, what, what is your fascinating fascination with foils? Uh, it makes the art pop a lot more, um, just with the holographic look to it to me i love anything that's sparkly and shiny sparkling and shiny that's all you got so so would you say that <laughs> that you like to have um some kind of card in community called max rarity would you say that you're a max rarity person or you just want more of the foil um max rarity if i can have it mm-hmm. but mainly foils uh like i said anything that's got that that shimmer of sparkles shine to it. I want it. Okay. <laughs> I think the only deck that I've full just about fully success, successfully foiled out is War. And I think I'm only missing four cards. What well, four cards are those? That is the Haven Resourceful Helper. Yeah, everyone's having issues getting that foiled. I think if I go to like Realms the website right now, <clears throat> they may have them in stock. Now, I would say probably Haven's uh, foil is probably one of the most expensive mm-hmm. foils out there. I do believe it's like around like six bucks. At one point, they were sitting around twenty dollars oh, wow. for the foil versions. But even now that the prices have dropped, a lot of people still don't even really have multiple play sets of Haven's. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, so it's going for about four bucks. We're sold out. Somebody went and bought all of ours, so I don't have it. And even Realm, they're sold out of the regular Havens and at the non-foil Havens. So Havens are pretty sold out. And again, um, I touched on this before, but Haven is a card that has not been announced as being reprinted. Really? Yes. Now the Haven, um, only Haven Provoked has been stated that it's being reprinted. And they said, and of course, they just announced that here comes the boom is being reprinted with a new art as well. And speaking on that, you like links and all that other fancy stuff. How do you like the art in set two compared to art in set one? Um, the art in set one, I felt was very dark. It had a lot of darker tones to it. Okay. Uh, set two has brightened them tones. Uh, they pop a lot more. 
Okay. Um, I, I, if I had to pick my favorite one between set one and set two, it'd definitely be set two. Is it's there? The cards are a lot brighter. So you like the brightness of the cards? The the colors of them, yeah. They're okay. they're they're brighter than set one. Set one was very dark, and the designs for set two are amazing. I w- I will say that um, I would say probably the only thing that bothers me about the arts it is very very uh, nitpicky and petty. It's not that I don't like the art. It's just more what bothers me the most is that when I pull a card and I don't have that new art for it. So I want to have like the Havens. I don't have Haven in her new heart and her new art. So that just throws me off. Like it's not a big deal, but it throws me off. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now moving on, um, let's talk about some Alpha Clash a little bit more. Um, What are your personal expectations or what do you want to see coming craft class that would keep you as a female gamer interested uh a lot of what i would want to see is just don't be scared now (laughs) i lost my train of thought (laughs) um i mean Personally, I'm more into, I, I like the cards. So the better the cards are, the more support you get for the decks that you actually like. Like all of that, it just ties into one. Um, I don't see myself not playing Alpha Clash anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the card game itself. Um, and the artwork is getting better and better every set so far that they've come out with. Um Okay, we got kind of dead air there, but that's fine. Um, so, your girl, yes. a woman, I'm sorry. Yes. You are a woman. So, as a woman with aesthetics and things, what are some things you like to see them add for aesthetic wise? Um, not too sure. I can name like six things that I know for a fact you would like. That you're not even thinking about. What are they? I know you would like to have more deck boxes, more play mats, binders, sleeves. Yeah, because I'm a really like matchy matchy person. Uh, if like with my war deck, it has to be red sleeves or red deck box. <laughs> it's not that. And it's not. Um, my clarity. It was a uh, white sleeves, a white deck box because that's what she is. She's a white contender. Um, my moxie was black sleeves, black deck box. I am a really matchy matchy person. I don't like to have things not the same color. So yeah, that those would definitely be some of the things that I would want. Yes. Okay, so they came out with which I feel like it would be probably the first thing they do. A war deck box sleeves, all that fun stuff. I'd buy it. You buy it instantly? Yeah, I would buy it instantly. What what about merch? Would you buy any more hoodies? Uh yes, I would. What about hats? Uh, I'm not really a hat person. Um, especially the ball caps. I'd be more of the stocking hats. I think that's what they're called. They're called beanies. Okay, well that. Um, those I'd like, but I'd like to see them in more of a 
a girly one, not like a man one. So it's like, I like the fuzzy balls on top of the hats and the colors. Like, I'm a very colorful person. I'm about to say, what does that mean? You don't want to manly? What, what does that even mean? So like how a regular beanie, I guess that's the correct word for it. It's just, it's a plain color with the logo on it, um, which is normally black or white. Mm-hmm. Right. I like the pinks, the purples, the blues. And I'm I'm a girl, so I la- I want it girly. I don't want just a plain old stocking or beanie. I want one that I can have a pom pom on top of it, which is what the little furry balls are, um, <clears throat> and in different colors. I I would like that more. Okay. Okay. So you want. Um... Pom poms. <laughs> would you would you want like streamers set in alpha class colors? I'm, I'm not. I'm just. I'm just picking questions here about that. No, I'm just. That's like I said. Like the hats that I have now are pink. <clears throat> um, I think I have one black hat, but it has a pink tiara on it. What? <laughs> Do you? Yeah. I've never seen it. Um, but like all of my, my hats, they have that pop to it. They have that extra that females like, well, some females like to can't say all females. Speaking on that, um, we touched on this episode before a couple of weeks ago, actually a month ago. That was like two months. Who, who's keeping track? Not me. Woo. Um, so again, tell me, how do you feel? About being a a woman playing it, playing card games amongst a predominantly male group. Um, sometimes it can get a little frustrating, um, but I haven't had any really hiccups with Alpha Clash. Um, I do get the moments that I feel like it's definitely overpowered by men, but it is a men dominate game not a lot of females play card games okay so what would you suggest to be done for let's say this is a golf class to appeal to what was something that you would say if you're going up to some women and you want to show them this game how would what would you use to appeal to them If you had to go off the top of your head, just random things, what what would you say to them? Like you just you're walking through a convention center, you go up to girl, hey, hey you, come here. <laughs> well, I wouldn't be as aggressive as that, but I'd probably start with just a normal conversation and then see like throw Alpha Clash in there, see if it's something that they'd be interested in, show them like some of the cards, the artwork, like just to pique their interest into it and then be like, well, I can show you how to do it or play it mm-hmm. if that's something that you would like. A lot of it is too is that with females, with some of us, um, me, I know f- personally is that I've always tried to how can I say this? Um, I feel like it with it being a more male dominant thing, like you see a lot more males playing card games like this. Yes. 
that it's hard for females to play the game and the males not look at us like we don't know what we're doing. Ooh, that's a good point. So when you say don't know what you're doing, do you mean like as in like saying they don't you don't understand the rules or um between the rules, what cards do, like in previous games learning how to play those ones, it was something that somebody would try to be like, Oh no, you're playing that wrong. Mm -hmm. But it's my deck. I built the deck, I play test the deck, I play the deck, I know what my deck does. Okay. So you sitting here trying to tell me, oh, no, that's not right. Or that's not how you play it. But that's your opinion. I know how to play the deck that I'm playing. Okay. So you would say it's more of <clears throat> that second being second guessed. Like, okay, you really know what you're doing. Yeah. Okay. So then my next question is this. So just come back to it. What would you do to kind of have people show that, you know, hey, this game is really, really fun. You should try this out. What, you know, what's something that you would tell them from just seeing how the community is and how receptive the community is? What would you say to what would you say to someone? What would you say to someone new? It can be girl or guy. Kind of like a tough question because um, you don't want to come off and sound too pushy. Okay. Um, and you don't want to come off as someone who doesn't care. Okay. Okay. Because <clears throat> you can come at it two ways. You can come at it as this is how the game is played. I can show you everything, how to do it all. Um, and then you would come off as being pushy or as... Some people would call it as a know-it-all. You think you know everything and anything and nobody could tell you differently. Um, the one like you would come off as you don't care is, this is the card game, this is what it does. Do you want to play it? Okay, so how would you come across? Uh, I'd probably be the one that would be, I'd be the first one, like, this is the game. This is what it does. This is what it's based about. Like, this is everything that comes with it. These are what the cards do. Like, I'd be that one to be a pusher, I guess. So you will be a pusher? Be pushing them hard drugs? No, not drugs. I'm sorry. No matter what I have to say, um, card game is 100% an addiction. For some people, yes. No, not for some people. Anybody who plays card games... Is a hundred percent addiction. You know why? I play card games. Okay, me. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna take what you just said. I'm gonna raise you too. <laughs> How often do you get yourself a pack of cards? You open it and you immediately want to go ahead and open up another one. Oh, all the time. You can't just crack one. <laughs> that sounds like a drug to me. <laughs> no, I if I get a pack, I have to get at least a case because, or not a case, but a box uh, because. I open one and I'm like, all right, I need. I, what am I going to get out of the next one? Or it's, oh, well, I know this is the card that I'm trying to get. And it, is it in that next one or is it in that one after that? Um, so especially with packs, I it, that is addicting for me. Um, it is one of the things that I love to do. 
I could sit and open 20,000 packs and be happy. You can open 20,000 packs and be happy? Yes. What about that 2001? Maybe that has the card you're looking for. And foil. Then I'm going to just keep on opening. Until, Sounds like until addiction. Until I get what I want. <laughs> Sounds like an addiction. <laughs> Told you. Card game is addiction. It's a rush that you get from it. I guess if you look at it that way, yes. I'm not going to anyway. I'm just saying exactly how it is. It's an addiction. Okay, now, what are some other games that you have played? Um, I've dabbled in Primal. Um, I've also played Disney Larkana and Pokemon. Um, I've also played Vanguard. Okay. Um, tried to do Dragon Ball. Um, didn't really understand it very well, so I just, that was a no for me. Um, I also played Yu-Gi-Oh!, I think this uh and um my hero. You played my hero, okay. Which one did you like the most? Out of all of them not minus Alpha Clash. Minus Alpha Clash, okay. Um I would have to go with two. Um Vanguard and Pokemon. Vanguard and Pokemon. Yes. Okay. What did you like about what did you like about Vanguard? Uh Vanguard was that there were a variety of different decks to play. Um, along with me being a girl, the artwork. Um, I loved the animal decks. They were my favorite. Um just to see all the different ones. That that's okay, and then Pokemon. I feel like most. I don't. I don't sound terrible when I say this, but it's the truth. Most girls gravitate towards Pokemon. Is it because of the Pikachu? Uh, my gravitate towards Pokemon was because of Pikachu, but then playing the card games, uh, playing the card game, um, playing the video games. Um, it's all the different Pokemon. Let me ask you a question. You just mentioned the um the game, and I have a very funny story. What's Water Week two? Come on. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. So that's an inside <laughs> joke. Uh, you playing Pokemon. And she switched into a Gyarados. People who know Pokemon very well. She switched into a Gyarados on electric Pokemon and didn't understand why it got hit with one shot and fainted. I said, because why did you do that? I had no answer. Like, did you have, like, Earthquake or Rock on it? No! I had a blonde moment. Are you naturally blonde? No, I'm naturally brown. Um... <laughs> should have been a blonde though. You said naturally brown. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. So, moving on to some things here, I'm gonna ask you a couple questions here. I have a list of things to ask you. So, first question is this: How is it? No. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Okay. Were you interested or did you know anything about card games before meeting me? Um, I've heard about them. I was never really interested in them. Um, 
growing up, I was a girly girl. I did hair, makeup, nails. That's all I cared about. I thought it was very sexist for you to say that because there are men that do hair and they're not girly girl. As a, as a female, that's what it was for me growing up was hair, nails, makeup, clothes. Just I, I didn't get into card games very much at all. We did not. Okay. So what made you get into them? I know you say because of me, but what, what really made you get into it? Um, mainly you. Um, I saw how happy it makes you, made you. Um, and then the first game, and I will remember forever. The first game that you ever tried to teach me was Vanguard. Okay. Um, between the deck build and how happy it made you feel. And it was a very easy for me to follow along with it being the first game that card game that I've ever played. Uh, and it came, it came easy. It was, I knew what to do. Uh, didn't take me long after that to actually fall in love with the card game. Um, biggest thing I love about card games though is, this is going to sound weird, other than playing the decks themselves, is the separation. The combining the cards with, with cards, the likes with likes, colors with colors. I like everything to be organized. <laughs> so, you like organizing the cards? Why? Like, is it some sort of like relaxation thing? Uh, it is a relaxing thing, but it's also a easy ease, uh, ease at mind. Okay. So that's like when now when we're deconstructing and reconstructing our Alpha Clash decks is all right. You're doing red and black, so all the red cards are in this box. All the black cards are in this box. All the blue cards are in this box. Everything's organized and it has its own place. So let me ask you this question: um, Can I do? I know some card game players; they are very, very organized. I am not one of those people. So I make up for that. <laughs> so when I come in and I go, and this girl just just rampage stuff, I'm like, oh, I got an idea for a deck, and I just come in and start kicking stuff over. That, that, that don't do it for you? It it irritates me because I spend all that time separating and making sure that likes are what likes for that reason. And then you go through the box or the stack of cards and you just put it back however you see fit. So, I mean, so that, that segues into our very next topic of... How is it with you being an organized person and dealing with the card game side of that with a very unorganized person when it comes to the cards itself? I'm an organized person. I'm not dirty. But when it comes to building decks, you know, sometimes your mind goes a mile a minute and you start trying out things. So how is that, you know, living with someone like that? Like, uh, like How does it make you feel? Like I said, it, it does irritate me um, to a certain point. But I also remember that this is something that we both love to do. So you destroy it, I get to go back through and fix it. It irritates me because I feel like I just sat here for four or five hours separating all these cards. And within a matter of a half hour, you've gotten them completely out of order in the wrong boxes and all over the place. 
So then I have to sit for another four or five hours to fix what you destroyed in a half hour. <laughs> I, I, I can I can definitely agree with that. And then I'll bring on to more questions to go a little bit deeper into things. Um, with you dating someone that does, um, you know, that does play card games with the um, mass consistencies that's very nerdy or uncool, how, do, how does that make you feel? Um, it's... It makes me happy because it's something that you love. Um, I do not complain about it. I knew from the day I met you that that's what you liked. You never strayed away from that. You love the card games, the video games, all of it. Um, and you... Embracing it the way you do it makes that love grow even more. Okay. So do you ever feel, and this happens a lot, um, do you ever feel that sometimes um, the dedication that goes into, not even the fact running a card shop, but just, you know, playing the card games, does it ever take a toll on you? It does. Um I do feel like that sometimes, um, but I also need to remember that this is something that needs to be conversated between the two of us and not held in or back or me not wanting to hurt your feelings because I don't want to do it right then and there. Okay. Uh, what, what do you mean by that? By what? By not wanting to do it right then and there. Like you could sit down and you could play card games for hours upon hours upon hours and enjoy it for me i could sit for an hour or two but then after that i need a break and i don't want to I, I don't want to tell you that i want that break because i know how happy it makes you but it also gets draining after a while when right. you're sit and you play it for so long or for so many hours out of the day. Okay, so so I guess that's I guess that's to um, to keep segueing here into just more conversation about it because I do feel um, a lot of people play card games or either in relationships or try to get a relationship but kind of struggling to find that balance between playing card game and then again a lot of times their significant others may not even be interested in it. And it's going for both men or and or women. Sometimes it can be a woman who's very into it, but the man is not. It's oh, so my question is this, that you can probably let our listeners know, is where do you find that balance? Um, for us, it was more of a schedule. Um, this is what we do this day. This is what we're doing this day. And to make sure that you put time in for it to be just you two. Um away from the business part of it okay um you know between having a full-time job running the card shop you need that that time for it to be just you two okay so then, and then let me ask this part right here do you feel more significant others should at least try to either understand the game or maybe go to an event together 
or when they're traveling. I, cause I, I, I know a lot of people will probably bite my head off. I'm kind of going to get guide code on this one. I do not feel that every event that your significant other goes to needs to have them going along with just their friends. I do believe, you know, so, sometimes, yes, for the guys that you know, want to hang out, have fun. But I do believe that sometimes that you should invite your significant other to those events. And, and when the event is over in between the event, go do something together and possibly a new city you've never been to. Do you agree with that? Um, I do. I feel like um, if it's something that they're into and you care as much as for them as you say you do, it's something that you should definitely try to pique an interest into. Um, if it's just sitting down and be like, hey, you know, teach me about the game. Mm-hmm. Um, or when's your next event? Let me go with you. See how it is. Or let me just tag along for the support. Just any way to show that person that you do care. You do care about their interest. Um, to show that no matter what they do, that you'll be able to try or at least be there to support them through whatever it is they come through between uh, an event or playtesting or a world, just, just to be there for that support. And after the tournament or the game, if you decide to go do something else together afterwards, it could be anything. But I feel like the biggest thing with being in a relationship with somebody who is a diehard gamer, um, especially with card games, is to show that support. I I, I agree because the support it goes a very very long way, and I do believe that also helps with maintaining a healthy relationship. Yeah, I think when it comes to card games, there is a lot of money that goes into it, a lot of time that. Like people, like the same other sometimes just don't understand. And for me, being a competitive player, um, off and on, it's that you know I'm putting a lot of money into this deck to go to these events. I'm taking time off work. I'm taking time off with family. I'm traveling, gas, hotels. It's a lot of money that goes into it, and no one wants to go to an event where they paid you know close to four five hundred dollars just to go to lose because they didn't practice or they didn't uh, fine tune or they didn't do it. So I do feel coming from a, like the player side that sometimes significant others miss, don't understand the full grasp of what goes into it. Where some people can go, they can go to the P to have fun. They don't care if they win or lose. They're going to just to travel to a new city, meet up with friends. They probably don't talk to them online. You had them players where to win and to get to worlds or get to nationals, it, it's very, very, important to them and i see a lot of um gamers like that they are a lot of times unfortunately single because it's a job within a job and i feel like the right significant other has to see that and be able to connect with that and kind of understand but i think that goes down to from um, the marriage part of this um 
sideshow, which is that communication piece. You know, it's asking them that question of, you know, hey, when you go, what, what do you actually win? I feel like, and I feel like I was actually learn how much prize money is actually giving at these events. It will kind of click in their head like, oh, you're going here, you're paying that much money, and they're paying you to go, or they're paying this, and you get this money if you win. Shit, I want a new Gucci bag. Let me help. <laughs> and I feel like, again, it goes back to that conversation. So um, just to pivot into this, like, let's go over Level Up Expo, which is happening in uh, April in Las Vegas. And again, if you don't know how you're going to get there, Southwest. That's a plug. But again, what they're doing uh, for Saturday's event, first place gets 12 booster boxes, a top... Um, Playmat, top eight promos, and then a tier three invite, meaning basically you get to go to the next level regional for free. I mean, not, not free, but you get the invite to actually go because it means only the best of best can go. So again, that, that's for the first one. So first one, you basically get a, an entire case. A case uh, is about $1,000. So for that, I, I paid, you know, 40 bucks for the event. I get, you know, get a case. On the second day, which is the $10,000 constructed tournament, first place, you get cash prize of $2,600. So when you equate that, when you put everything, break everything down, so again, if you use our Southwest link, which will be in the comment section of this video, you can book your hotel and flight for, for a four-day trip for $680 if you're going by yourself. If you bring someone else, you're paying a little bit over a grand, like $1,000. Something now is not a lot is that you get a very good discount by using our affiliate link. So you equate that. So let's say it's just you pay 680 bucks. That's for your hotel, your flight, everything. Cool. Maybe you'll probably spend $120 on food if you're not drinking. So if you go and you're practicing, you're building your deck, you're doing good, and you win $2,600, you just paid for your trip, and you got $2,000 in your pocket to go back home with. And that, that's why I say, like, competitive players, and we're playing, we're playing so hard for prizes like this. And, again, I feel for Outclass to have an event with this much prize, if you break it down that way, if you break down the prizing from first to 32nd, to 32nd placing on Sunday, if you equate the amount of money you're getting for, for just playing, it will pay for something on that trip. So if you make 17 through 32nd, you get $100. That $100 just paid for all your food for the whole weekend. If you get 9 through 16, you get $225. That just paid for your hotel. Now your hotel's free. Right. If you do even better, get get five, get fifth through eighth, $350. You didn't pay for your food and your hotel. Third or fourth, you get $650. If you went by yourself with our affiliate link and paid 680 for your flight, your hotel. You just paid your trip off. Right. And then you get second place, you get $1,300. Now you paid your trip off and you got money to come back home with. And if you win the whole damn thing, you're coming back home with $2,000 in your pocket, meaning that your entire trip was paid for. So all the time you equate it into practicing and playing, buying your cards, building your deck, the endless hours of playtesting and, and networking people, and you won the whole event, now you get a tier three invite, tier four invite, Playmat, type A promos, and your trip is completely paid for. Yeah. And the best players, what they do is they take that prize money and they hold on to it and they use that prize money to pay for their next event. 
Yeah, that'd be the best smart thing to do. Yes, and that's why I would say like that's what goes into it, and that's what's the part that's so um, impactful. And even now that they added more like what's going pricing, so like for Friday, uh, from twelve thirty to forty five, they have clash kit challenges. It costs ten bucks to enter, but you get a booster pack per win. Booster packs we sell out for uh, four forty nine. So with tax and everything, you you win twice and paid for your your entry. Um, the welcome event, you get a free welcome deck. So those are going on on day. Super Robbie, Super Clash Kids, you get twenty it's twenty bucks to enter. You get special promos and tournament packs. So again, like when you, we go when we go to these events, a lot of people are looking at the events and saying, "Hey, this is not worth it," or "Hey, this is worth it." Right. That's the biggest thing people look at. That's why a lot of tournaments fail because people are looking at it like, oh, this is not worth it. And that's why Lorcana had to induce their judge program and the actual organized play because people were going, okay, cool, going to local, paying five bucks a month, getting a promo and a pen and a pack. That's cool, but there's nothing else for me. I don't I really don't want to do this anymore. Right. They had to introduce their program. Um Alf Clash was working on an organized play and they announced it with a bang, like, hey, here's Vegas. I, I do wish uh, we got a little bit more of a heads up on it. I do believe it coming in right after Christmas, when people are already kind of spending Christmas money, I feel like that was a huge blow. But it does give you, it does give you four months to kind of get that back and recruit for that. Um, I do wish that, but I do love that they, you know, when they announced it, they announced everything for the full year. So now you know exactly where things are going to be. But yeah, those, those are all, all my things that I have for it. That's why I would say to any other, any other significant other, like, you know, look at those things and ask the person, you know, who's playing, like, why are you playing? What are you playing for? And when they hear it, it's like, oh, that's, that's a lot. That's, that's actually really good. Any comments from you? I mean, you kind of covered all of it. And like I said, just be that support that, that, that little bit of interest goes a long way. It, it really does. Now, have you ever been to a tournament and played in a tournament? Like a big tournament, not, not local, but a big tournament. Uh, one. <laughs> Tell the listeners about what happened there. Uh, I would love to talk about that. The first one that I ever played in was a Vanguard tournament. How'd you do? Uh, not very well. What happened? Um, so it was a team of three. Um, I got my last matchup was with the same deck or same similar or similar deck. So it was kind of like a what do you call them? A uh, mirror match. Yeah, mirror match, and. I 100% feel like the guy cheated, um, but my deck stalled. His deck performed, and because I wasn't drawing cards that I needed to give me that win, I took the loss. Um, and then we lost the tournament due to a the team, the other team member on our team that just didn't want to play anymore. So to put it in perspective, 
I didn't drop a single game. My two teammates both lost all their games. And so what I did was, because I was, I was upset. I was mad. Like, I was irritated. Not at, the, not at I them. I didn't lose all of my games. You did? I did not. I lost one. The other teammate lost all of his games. Either way, we ended up losing. So I got mad. And I said, you know what? So whatever that tournament ended, but I didn't get to meet the creators of Vanguard. So that I got to take out a picture with them. So for me, that that was a highlight of my of my day. That I got my blaster blade signed by the voice actor for Aichi. So for me, that was my moment. But the other moment was I said, you know what? I'm good at this game or improve my point. So the people who won the tournament, I went and battled all three of them and beat every single last one of them and said, cool, and I walked away. <laughs> and for me, that that's why uh, for a while the Vanguard community people could call me um, the unclaimed king because I was good, but I never got to really show it. Like, I will always win at locals, but any tournament I either couldn't get to or they started doing it, the, you had to have the three people on your team, you all played at once. And it was one thing where I could never find people who were, I'm, I'm sorry to say this way, who were as good as me that I believe I can actually play with to win. And I just stopped playing. And competitive, so I just went to locals and played in locals and win that. And then I'm like, cool, I'm disappeared for like six months. And I come back, win, disappeared for a year. <laughs> came back, store was shut down. Don't know how that happened. They were not there no more. Now, how do you like playing against me? What okay, I have this question. What is the experience playing against me? Experience playing against you. Um, it's at first it was very frustrating because I felt like the decks that were my decks were not as strong as your decks. Mm -hmm. Your decks were 20 times stronger than mine, and I was losing every game. Now that set two is out, I pretty much overtook one of your decks. I actually stand a chance. Oh, you stand a chance. I mean, I've, I've smaller, solar smashed you to, to zero health. More than once. So, I know you've seen some of our matches... Um, even with the uh, guys from Rogue Contenders, who would who would you say? And I, no, no bias here. Who would you say is the best player on the team? I'm gonna start some controversy. Uh, well, I feel obligated to say you because you are my husband. Um, but between what I've seen, um, honestly, I don't think I could pick one. No, no, no. We're not going to do that. <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm willing to say mine. <laughs> well, I want to hear what you got to say. I, I can't, I can't, I can't pick one. Because you guys all play very well. Um, You all know your decks through and through. It's just, it could be like how my deck was the other day, where it stalled. It didn't want to give me any clash or cards at all. And mm -hmm. all I got was accessories and weapons. Or my clash buffs. So I will say this. Um, I do believe, and this is comparing all of us, and I, I 
don't mean any kind of harshness when I say this or any kind of you know disrespect to anybody, but I would say the best player on the Rogue Contenders is 100% Jay Crane. I would say the best deck builder on there would have to be Drake. And um, Andrew, I haven't seen him play as much, so I don't know, but he's like that. Every time we play, he's like that sneaky guy in the back that's like just doing stuff, and you know that he's over here doing his board just great. You, know, you look over, it's too late because you get a freaking boomed in the face, and you're like, whoa, stop, stop. He's like, boom, boom, boom. Like, so I don't know how he plays yet. I wouldn't even rank myself as one of the best players um, on Rogue Contenders. I would say I probably have the most out-of-the-box ideas. And that, that's kind of my biggest thing. I don't think, when I build my decks, I don't build conventional-style decks. Whatever I play, it's going to be something very unique. I have different strategies for it. And I'm having just... I build my decks based upon how I played games in Vanguard. Where it's like, okay, cool. My new thing now is I want to be able to restand my Clash cards. I want to be able to chain multiple attacks in a single turn. That is my main objective. Yeah, that's the one thing that I absolutely hate. <laughs> I know, because like, I've always played Resetted Vanguards. Like when Royal Paladins got a Resetted Vanguard, I loved it. Like, if it had, like any deck that had Resetted Vanguard and Vanguard, I would play it all the time. I love chaining attacks together. And now we're dealing with it with you and Haven. No, not even Haven. When you think about it, it's Conquest. Oh, Conquest is in your Haven. Yeah, because Conquest, T-Bone, Frontline, are some of the only cards that can restand, I guess, Warzone. But that's in the turn. But I like those restanding cards. So I'm like, cool, I can keep pressuring you down. And I feel like Frontline is a card that's getting way off topic. But Frontline is a card that people are not paying attention to. But kind of I played against Jay Crane. And I did hit him with um, um, Strikebringer, attack. Frontline restand attack again, and he didn't know that Striper kept that attack bonus at the end of turn. Mm-hmm. So as again, that's why I like building unconventional decks because like I rather build a deck with something that you will not see coming because you don't see it coming, you can't plan for it. You can't. You'll go okay, cool. I blocked the first Stripebringer attack. I'm pretty much good. Cool. I'm gonna drop Frontline restand. I'm gonna do it again. Yeah, that that you know, is that when you drop that Frontline with Stripebringer. Just know that that's the time that you want to end that game. It, it, it's, exactly, because it's really hard to deal with. You get Strybringer outright, and it's swinging for 8-3. And let's say you have five left. It has a breakthrough, so you really can't defend it. So, cool, you may block the first one. You're like, cool, I'm going to take, take this one. I'll be good to the next turn. Cool, front line, restand, I'm doing it again. What are you actually going to do at that point? Yeah, you got the 8-3. You play that front line. Um, you can also do... Uh, Say you let the first one or the you block the first one, but then I front line you. I'm hitting you with the same eight three, but now on top of that, I have one resource that's left open. Now I clash buff. That gives me another plus three. So now I'm swinging for eleven plus four, and if I find a way to close that portal up, front line gives me one plus one defense. So your normal conventional way to destroy heart, um, strike bringer with getting rid of its three defense. Now you're dealing with something that's either four or five defense that's swinging for eleven. You know, what can you really do? And I said, things like that I really do enjoy a lot. Um, and that's the way I build it. I feel like I can't consider myself the best player. Because the thing with running things that's very unconventional, I'm not going to be consistent. 
right. I'm always changing and updating the deck and moving things. I know you look at that a lot, like, why are you changing the deck a lot? I'm trying out different things. I'm trying to see what works. Oh, you do that a lot. Yeah, because I'm always trying <laughs> to see what combination of cards work together and find a way to make things unconventional not work. I know um, Drake has a fantastic series that we're starting on the channel called Drake's um, Deck Tech Corner. So you're want some insight on the more technical side of deck building. Definitely check that out as well. And I know when I do my deck profiles, um, I love the comments I get for that. But again, I do that a lot because I want people to brain to our thing like, hey, just because this card says this one thing doesn't mean you need to play it that one way. There's multiple ways to play these cards, multiple ways to do things. And I feel like that's, you could say that I'm a very skilled player for that because it takes a skilled player to put together unconventional stuff and then make it work. And that's why I say I I'm keep harping on Haven so much. Because a lot of people say, oh, Haven will lose automatically. Here comes the boom. Where I've proven that, yes, I can lose the boom. But there's times where I don't lose the boom. Yeah. And it's about how can I recover my board from getting boomed? Or how can I how can I stand up to things like Torque? And I'm like, okay, cool. Way to handle have, have Torque is to play a lot of quick cards. Don't, don't play a lot of traps. So it's it's just working out things to play. And I also find I do a lot of mental manipulation during my games. Yeah. So I will look at cards in my hand a lot. I will look at cards that are face down. I will check my resources. I'll ask questions, kind of throw you off like, okay, what is he planning for? The illusion is that I'm getting like, cool. Whatever you're about to do, I have a counter for it to make you second guess. Now, people who are just really gun cold on their thing, they may go through and hit, or I may have just manipulated you to do it, and now you feel dragged into my trap. Yeah, if you've done that to me. Multiple times, and it's fun. <clears throat> like, it's so fun to watch people go, hey, you go, ha <laughs> But yeah, so that is our time today. So again, if you like this spinoff series, let, just let me know uh, down below. We would love to keep this going. Uh, so again, like I said, I don't know when this video is going to go up. Could we record this one, but we we'll probably put it in between maybe an episode where the guys we all can't get together or we got stuff to do. Then we'll put this up, see how it does. Because again, I would love to bring this a series where you know we answer your questions about you know love, marriage, and card games. So again, this has been Ralton. This is Pika Girl. Catch you in the next one.